0: Welcome to Control All Revolt, the weekend edition. I'm Nick Cole.
1: I'm Single White Medusa.
0: Who's having a passion fruit drinky dink that she got at the Wild Goose Tavern in uh, Newport Beach on 17th Street, which if you don't know, sort of uh, about Orange County, California, the Wild Goose is named after John Wayne's boat. I think it was a bar he used to frequent, and it is currently Freedom Ground Zero, on the Mesa of Newport Coast uh, Or of uh, Newport Beach So it's a very to me weekend And we thought we'd do a little weekend show I was thinking initially we would make this just for insiders So normally a weekend podcast would be for insiders But because of the incredible alphabet jackassery this weekend I think <clears throat> yeah. That's me getting my voice done here <laughs> To Alec Baldwin territory but or was, alex jones a good alec baldwin yeah, yeah a good a one. stupid alec baldwin uh but uh <clears throat> because of the alphabet jackassery i think it's something we need to share with everybody and we need to lol them and mock them because today they completely revealed themselves to be who they really are i would say the first video we watched was the fbi getting arrested by the capitol police <laughs> um and I think what bothered me the most, it wasn't um, that the little FBI squish, uh, who's trying to be all uh, what oath oathkeeper boy, wearing a gator, yeah, trying yeah. to be all free to um, me, gets you know, and and he has a gun, he has a sidearm, mm. and they don't take it off of him, but that none of that, and and he doesn't reveal his name because like if you if you were getting busted. And you were going off to the Gulag, you know. You'd, you'd tell everybody, "Remember my name! It is Ramón Ramirez America," you know, and all that kind of stuff. You would say that, but we know he's FBI, and I think one of the people um, identified him actually as, you know, if you don't know what an FBI badge looks like, it looks like this. Um, but basically, uh, he won't even identify his name. So, and they take him out in a diamond. That didn't, that did not irritate me as much as the capitol police in their hey we are the modern day knights praetorian guard expensive riot gear armor get up just what a bunch of raging assholes
1: yeah they really did they looked like losers and i'm not even an expert in that but i could tell
0: yeah i would i would love i would love to square up with them i really would i would love to prep my team and i'd like to prep their team and I would love to show them the futility of what they're doing. I'm not advocating insurrection, I'm talking merely in a competitive sport aspect. I would love to disabuse them of the notion of that. I think as a tactical commander I could pull that off.
1: My money would be on you.
0: My money would always be on Chaos Actual. (laughs) For sure. So uh, so, uh, I saw another video where um, basically uh, two guys got in a fight I think they both turned out to be FBI of some sort, or feds, or alphabet. Hmm. And it was two guys, and then suddenly a hundred reporters ran there. So basically today's rally, or, or today, today's mousetrap, today's fed jamboree, <laughs> was what? Like 50% journalists, uh, probably 30% feds. Uh, then another uh, 10% Capitol Police, and then um, 8% people who thought it was a concert of some sort, and then 2% Asperger's dudes who didn't get the message to not show up to today's trap.
1: And do you think that, were there maybe a couple MAGA grandmas, or did they even already figure out that this was
0: a no-go? This was a no Even Trump so, said not to go. Yeah, like, yeah. we all know. No one was in MAGA gear. No one was yeah. there. You know, I mean, like... That you could tell the. It's just, I mean, it's just, it's the utter clownishness of a nation um, that has parted ways with its government. And I think the point I'm going to keep trying to remind people is right and left, this is not about. I think that there are extreme left fascist anarchists who are working for the establishment to destroy the government, to destroy the United States of America. But I think what this is about is it's about us versus them. It's about establishment versus patriots. And you know what? Patriots, what we're going to find out, is a pretty big tent term. It means everybody who, who, who... We may have different ideas about what's best for America, but who is for America. There are some people that are going to have to get over their propaganda programming of America is inherently bad and America is all these things, blah, blah, blah. And they're going to have to realize uh, America is a pretty good place because we are about to get mollywhomped, Walt Robyard word, by what looks to be upwards of 50,000 Haitian immigrants crossing the border. Not 10,000. Looks to be about 50,000.
1: Not to mention all the um, Afghani refugees that the man, just yeah. got in, and, and all the Mexico And refugees. a lot
0: of those are military-age men who the point has been made that they have been malnourished most of their life. They have grown up in very inhospitable environments. They are as close to a human zombie as you're going to get. And it's, again, playing them zombie games, the zombie shooters, the trans, the flicker rate, all getting everybody in the zone to uh, do what needs to be done to protect the establishment. And that's the big question we're going to have to answer here going forward. Are we going to protect the establishment? And right now, I think a lot of us are saying, no, we're sitting this one out. And I think the establishment is starting to realize as more and more institutions and corporate entities and military organizations refuse the vaccine, the establishment is that typical dude who says, hey, everybody, let's beat up Jeremy. And then everybody's like, no, you beat up Jeremy. And then they're like, oh, oh, I thought we were all going to beat up Jeremy. I'm using the name of of Single White Medusa's (laughs) ex-boyfriend. I always use him for people that need to be beat up or homosexuals. Oh no, you liked him. I liked him. He's a great yeah, guy. He's, he's a great guy. <laughs> Just sad about his questioning sexuality. <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? A campaign of quiet and relentless character assassination. That's how much I love you. 20 years later, I'm still <laughs> willing to assassinate your ex-boyfriends.
1: Aw, you're so, it's such a romantic. I'm
0: willing to prove my love with high explosives.
1: <laughs> hey, there are worse ways.
0: There are worse ways. But I think as we all laugh at the FBI today, and you should, I mean, please, I posted a, a picture uh, that's completely memworthy worthy on Facebook. Please run with that and have fun with it. Make your own. The best thing that we can do to this government right now is not uh, insurrection, uh, not violence, not anything, but we can mock them. Because today certainly merited it. Today was completely mockworthy. It was like... No one no one was deceived into thinking that this was a, a deplorable MAGA insurrection. And remember, the news went on and on for weeks, b- bleeding, you know, bleating like sheep. Meh, meh, ah. you know, that, uh, not bleeding, bleating, uh, that this was uh, this was going to be worse than the J6. The J6, J6. Who calls it the J6? The feds call it the J6 none of us call it one six that, like you can always tell establishment games because they're the first one, ones to try to brand it yeah they're big on branding branding yeah, yeah. means everything to them and once the one six failed and they tried j6 i knew like okay that's your terminology and then my favorite is this picture that i posted of guys who were clearly from quantico virginia trying to act all maga from today. Yeah, and it's mm. like, no, no. I mean, you know, like the funny thing about MAGA is they've got a different look. Some of them are are very swole vet bros with beards and lots of tattoos, lots of ink, and some of them are just good old boys with big bellies. <laughs> but and there's nothing ain't nothing wrong with that. Though I think everybody should be fit, and I'm not always a big fan of the ink, but you know, you do you. You're cool. I mean, that's my whole thing. In America. America's like you can do whatever you want to do as long as I get to do whatever I want to do. But none of these... None of these little fedlings looked anything. Like, you know, like, you guys should have hired me. I would have come in and coached. I would have coached you badly to fail. But you should have hired somebody, like a turncoat. Like, li-? like you should have just watched some videos. You should have just joined some groups and actually paid attention instead of scanning for offense and writing your little reports. And, like, I guess that heartens me today because... All of us are commanders to an extent. I mean, I think a lot of the people listening to this podcast are tactically minded. And, you know, we've all played war games to some extent or computer games or or whatever. And, like, all of you have a basic understanding that when you are going to have an enemy, and the government has clearly declared itself our enemy, that it pays to know what the enemy's capabilities are, to understand, to get into that enemy mindset, like like I was talking about yesterday. Read Rommel. Read Sun Tzu, you know, like you've got to know your enemy. Patton, you know, in the movie, declares famously, "I read your book, you bastard," you know, and he beats him at at Tobruk um, or Alamein. And um, it it seems from today that no one on the Alphabet side read the Maga book, you know, they didn't even went read Scott Adams' Win Bigly. They didn't, you know, I mean, like Norm Macdonald, they're trying to. They, I think they tried to light him up and. Some people have posted a video where Norm MacDonald's not being funny, and he's just talking about Trump, and he's like, oh, he's a really funny person, and I've been to a rally. And they're like, why did you go to a rally? And he's like, I just wanted to see. I wanted to see what it's all about. Apparently, the alphabet people didn't even bother to do that because you guys did not stick the landing on crisis actors today. You did not stick the landing on Fed boys. Everybody there looked like a Fed. I mean, so... You know, myself as a paranoid, I'd have to go, well, what were they, maybe they did that on purpose. You know, what were they trying to do? Like, why were they trying to, like, what was today all about if it was intentional? In a best case scenario, today was all about the other side doesn't really have any game. They're kind of that stupid. They may be miscalculating badly, and that could be due to bubble think, where they think that they have this super righteous moral cause based on no morals or no righteousness whatsoever in which to make war on their own people and that there is a willing consensus of majority and that they have arrived at that consensus of majority based on their viewing of CNN and MSNBC which are the lowest rated news networks so that that would that would make me think that i might be facing an idiot and as much fun as it is to face like you know we've all played a game with somebody who wasn't good And we have enjoyed that. That has been fun. But sometimes people who aren't good um, aren't actually not good. Sometimes they're... I'll tell you a story. When I was a kid, uh, there was this game store. And there was this guy named Gary. And Gary was a high-functioning, I look back on it now, uh, math genius. And we all played this one game, Starfleet Battles. But Gary wanted to play Starfire which was a different, simpler, more math-oriented game that was definitely in, in in Gary's wheelhouse. But we all had the Starfleet Battles boxed edition and all the rules and all the errata, and that was our thing because that was Star Trek. It was very cool um, for nerds. It was not cool, really. You know, It's <laughs> not something you rolled up onto at the old high school pep rally on a Friday and said, oh, don't worry, cheer ladies, I won't be going to the game tonight. I'm going to be rolling some dice with my friends in the back booth at the Bob's Big Boys. I'm playing a Klingon D7. tre if you speak Klingon. I had the Klingon dictionary, but I digress. My friend gave it to me, Eric Haynes. So um, Gary wanted to run a big Starfire campaign. Starfire is fun. It's a really cool game. David Weber actually uh, wrote, if you follow his novels his first novel is a starfire novel and he was instrumental in game design for starfire and now he really is sort of the biggest science fiction author in in sort of ship to ship battles that are very starfleet battles in star trek uh so so that was cool i got to hang out with him and we got to bond at a, at a weekend talking solely about starfire very nice very nice guy wonderful family cool dude um so a long story to tell a lot so gary wanted uh to play starfire so here's what gary did gary would corner you individually like in the in the quiet of the afternoon when you'd come there early you know to get ready to play the next game or you know like on a on a on a saturday morning or something like that and after talking to everybody i found out he he went around and did this to everybody but he would be like hey want to learn a game called starfire it takes like 15 minutes and so you would sit down. I wasn't that good at Starfleet Battles. I had like one trick, and it was basically backstabbing everybody. It's not really much of a tactic. So Gary sits down with me and teaches me Starfire in all of about five minutes, and we won, run one real quick game, and I beat his ass. I blow up his cruiser. I, You know, it's great. You know, it just feels awesome.
1: Oh, I get his. I get. His yeah,
0: game. what was it? Because fourteen-year-old me didn't get it.
1: Well, I already thought, oh, he's smart because he's individually going around and um, witnessing to you guys yeah. basically about yeah. his game and it com- converting you. He was converting
0: but us to his Lord and Savior, Starfire.
1: Then he did yes. a round two super smart thing, and he let you win. Yes. And oh, yes. wow, that's very smart. Yes,
0: that's smart. He, he is the very cult thinking. Yeah, cult thinking is you are really you know like have we told you about our, our cult and you're like oh yeah this seems interesting and this is what scientology does you go and you take a course and then you go out on the landing uh, from people i've talked to and they all clap for you and that works for actors because they need applause notice i didn't say we <laughs> um so that's what gary did he let you win and now you really wanted to play Starfire. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, you were in a Starfire campaign, and he was beating the <laughs> hell out of you that that day of you winning, not so much. No. for the next three months. And it was a great campaign. And I still uh, have a friend that we still talk about and laugh about that campaign <laughs> that was almost forty years ago. So, um, was that today? Could you make that argument that today they looked foolish? in order to to make us feel like we got this i don't know but it was too stupid today and that heart heartens me and we should think about that but at the same time we do have to be a little cynical we do have to say well what if they were doing that on purpose what if they were looking obvious on purpose what if they were looking stupid on purpose you know and there could be there could be stuff from that they could have been trying to create a a climate of fear Letting us know that wherever you go, there's going to be nine to one odds us. Then we would revert, you know, since we're playing games, since we're playing chess, we might go, well, why would you, why would you try to create that impression that wherever I go, for every one of me, there will be nine of you?
1: So you won't S- try to organize.
0: Well, Sun Tzu would say because there aren't nine of you, and you're concerned. Mm-hmm. And you're concerned about the numbers because you know I have the numbers. Yeah. And let me tell you why that's a big thing. Watch the video in Australia when the Australians break through the police line oh, yeah. and run amok. That's awesome. Because the truth of it is, is 3 to 5% of the population outweighs the police force. And you can do this. And we can do this. We have the numbers. And they are afraid of this. The numbers to do what? The numbers to say no. That's all I'm saying. Right now, today, we have the numbers to say no and more and more people in hospitals And at universities and at major corporations and airlines and places are saying no to not just the vaccine, but to the mandates. And they know they're losing. So was today a big show to make us feel like they have a big... Did they want just a few people there to create this illusion? Oh, you better not show up anywhere. Oh, you better not go in the streets. You better not organize. Because we'll be all over you. We'll be in the crowd so that that would explain why you have these obvious fed boys in the crowd mixing in we'll be in our big you know uh paladin armor you know looking all badass and our wedges and everything like that you don't want that oh we'll be the media sitting there photographing and recording the whole thing was was what they were trying to telegraph today that they have the numbers and if they were trying to telegraph today that they have the numbers, that makes me think they don't have the numbers. They know it and they're concerned about it.
1: Well, especially because we all know that today was n- absolutely not a representation of our numbers. No. Like, everyone knew not to go. Yeah. I, w- I was actually surprised that anyone was there. I was like, who are these people that showed up? Because yeah. I, I think if anyone's on social media, I'm not even really on social media, I still know. So, like, everyone kind of knew.
0: I did I did a convention this morning called Basedcom with Rob Krusey, and I Zoomed in on that. And I believe we had a 1,000 plus viewers. Uh, I took you to a bar and you got a drink and that was swole with people watching football games and everybody's down at the beach and having a good time. Everybody had a great time today. Um, the FBI wanted everybody to show up and, and get arrested or did they?
1: That's a really interesting theory. Well, I that's where
0: we're that. at. We have to play all but, the games now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it just reminded me of like the Gretchen Whitmer thing. Like, what did that end up end up being? I think 12, uh, 12 FBI out of 17, out of 17 <laughs> were FBI. So You're like oh, five that's of so the guys stupid. with the
0: worst luck in the world got <laughs> talked into, you know, and and when they finally get into that, when when the courts settle everything up after five years, you'll find that most of them were goaded and pressured and threatened, and there was probably only one guy who was probably lonely for friends. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's, yeah, but it's, it's, they, that is, that has happened before with the FBI. Yeah. They're very manipulative, bad people. I don't know what, what the deal is. I mean, I don't, you know, there are people that have studied it all along and, but I I still come from a mindset, you know, early seventies propaganda, television, CIA, where I thought the FBI were the good guys. I, you Mm -hmm. know, we watched Ephraim Zemblis Jr. on the FBI show and And I thought the FBI, you know, we're were out to get the bad guy. And now it turns out, like, the more we look at things like today and the more that we look at things like the gymnastics scandal and the more that we look at Franklin and the more that we look at Epstein and you begin to wonder, what the hell is the FBI doing? Yeah, they they seem to be showing up and causing. And then you look at what I think we're going to talk about a little bit about today is we're going to talk about. Trump, and we're going to talk about what what we really learned from the experience of having Trump as a President, in which it seems like everybody around him, starting with the FBI, went out of their way to make sure that he could never lead effectively. Yep. That came out in the testimony this week in Durham's indictment of Hillary's lawyer. I mean, that's that's already turning out to be a mess. Crossfire Hurricane starts two days later. There's Comey, you know, the shittiest individual in the entire world. And and he's causing all this trouble and literally trying to trap the president and his associates with lies. Being disingenuous when he's supposed to be the servant of the government. He's supposed to be literally the servant of the commander-in-chief and enforcing the law. And instead he's literally trying to entrap this dude from day one. Even before that, and the and the prior administration out of Chicago, who did nothing but sleaze their way through everything, fail constantly, and be absolved by the media, is somehow also pulling the strings. But let's not look at Hunter Biden's laptop. Let's not look at Joe Biden's usage of airplanes and personal influence and all those things. Let's immediately look at Trump and Flynn. And then you have Milly doing the same thing, and you have, you know, just non-stop person after person who had decided in their heart to be a part of the Trump administration and to actively work against them and feel that they were all in on some secret decoder ring, secret society in which they were saving what? I'm not really clear here. I'm not really clear on what they, you know, they all seem to think that they were on some mission. And they'll say words about America and stuff like that but then they got their way with Joe Biden and I see a complete suspension of the Constitution, of liberty, of rights. I see a complete, constant erosion of everything that is America that they were supposedly attempting to su- to save in favor of paying our enemies, not maintaining the board- borders, drone-striking innocent civilians, and attempting to entrap Americans while at the same time calling them domestic terrorists. And that sort of negates the entire argument about how they were actively and passively working against Trump to, quote-unquote, save America. Because you don't seem to have saved America. In fact, I'm pretty sure, like, right now, at this moment, you may have actually destroyed America. I'm hoping you've only destroyed your own government. And, and I And I'm constantly, like, right now making this pitch to ever to understand and I did it today with my Tolkienism Saturday post if you don't know that it's the the thing I do on Facebook where I just kind of like you know take something from Tolkien and talk about it on Saturdays I was just talking about we're kind of the Sam Gamges now and 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 freedom is Frodo and tyranny is that ring that has to be thrown into Mount Doom and Frodo can't make it anymore because he's exhausted but you know That's kind of where freedom is right now, and we're going to have to be you know, simple, loyal Sam Gamgee, and we're going to have to pick Frodo up. We're going to have to pick freedom up and get it close enough to destroy the deep state and throw it into the volcano.
1: Sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, they're clearly trying to destroy our country, and all I can think is, um, what's their endgame? I mean, like, they're bought off or captured by the globalists and the globalist agenda, and... I don't know. Like they think that's the way it's going and they want to be on the inside of that or whatever it is, but they're clearly trying to overthrow what our country was founded on and what it's all about. And most of like most all of us in our country, like we are not down with that. Um, But as far as like having the numbers, you are right. And like what I've seen with standing up to the VAX mandates when companies or union members or whatever, when there are enough people saying no, no, They fold and they say, oh, never mind. We're not going to do the VAX mandate because they realize, oh, gosh, we're going to lose 40 percent of our workers. You know, when I when it uh, doesn't happen that way, like one that I read today, where a big hospital group in uh, maybe Indiana or or, uh, Michigan or somewhere like that. they're sticking with it and they just fired 125 employees because they're a huge group and only 125 people stood up out of, like, 10 hospitals. And so they're able to, like, uh, you know, fire those people. But when enough numbers stand up, there's nothing they can do and they have to go, oh, uh, never mind. So the more that we keep standing up and saying no and there are enough of us, we'll thwart their attempts.
0: Yeah, so. The more, the more you let them get away – with abrogating your freedom and your rights the more empowered they get the more you stand up to them they do do this tactic it's not like you totally win but you can observe it with boris johnson in the uk they go oh this is not popular we're not doing it and then they wait two weeks and go oh but we kind of are and the delta variant is over effectively it's it's not doing everything that everybody promised and it's actually drawing too much attention to the fact that it's actually the vaccinated who are having problems. Um, so there will be a new variant soon to come out. And then that variant, you know, as soon as the weather gets a little colder and sniffly and basically as soon as the next colder flu shows up, we'll have a new variant mm-hmm. and it'll be called that. It'll be called, you know, the Willy Wonka variant or whatever it is. Cause it might, the bugs bunny, the, you know, like it, it should just be something ridiculous. But do I think these people are going to stop? Nope. Too much, too much on the line. Um, they're about four years behind the timeline. This was all supposed to go down in Hillary's time. Um, so they've got to get on with their globalist plan. Uh, but if we keep saying no, and we can, we manage to maybe possibly get a fair election next year. Uh, hey, look, we got a single in front of us. He's just been sitting there the whole time.
1: Wow, that's he pulled weird and in. random.
0: He pulled in. And he's just been sitting there. I had another oh, single trap weird. today too, and that was wacky. Um but Oh wait (laughs) no (laughs) way
1: Oh my goodness. What? (laughs) No way. Oh my gosh, yes. Even more proof. That was funny.
0: That That's guy so pulled crazy. in as soon as we started the podcast, sat there with his engine on, and as soon as I said something, he drove away.
1: And okay, they don't know where we're parked. That if it was like a normal business parking lot, you'd be like, okay, lots of people pull in business parking lots. We're just like on a residential street. Like, whatever it is, it felt very not natural. <laughs> to be
0: fair, we're in front of an elementary school with single white Medusa drinking.
1: <laughs> well, it's a Saturday. <laughs> there aren't kids there. <laughs> you can't
0: corrupt kids drinking in front of an elementary school.
1: <laughs> there are no kids there.
0: I would love to see that on your rap sheet. But you
1: can't tell. It's like a, it's like a lemonade, sort
0: of. Drunk on campus. You're not drunk. But. No. So, um, yeah, I know. All that stuff seems crazy. but And, and it could be. It, it's not. But I'm telling you, man, they're just wacky stuff going on with us. Yeah. Um, so... The thing that we learn about just kind of looking at the Trump thing is when you look at the behavior of the FBI, when you look at the behavior of the DNC, of the media, of Fusion GPS, of all the groups in Washington, and then from the get-go, a concerted effort by insiders to get within the Trump administration and work against him from Pence. I mean, I liked Pence, but I don't I don't. I wouldn't trust Pence ever again. Um, to this great general that we were told was the greatest general of all time, Mattis. Uh, to Millie, to all of these people. You know, Millie, like, have you ever gone back and watched what he says about being ashamed of going into Lafayette Square? Now, today they had their little their little pretend uh, dance theater party where where Maga was supposed to be there, um, but no one remembers for a year. BLM. And Antifa rioted outside the White House and burned a church. Mm-hmm. Have you ever gone back and watched Millie apologizing about going out and doing the studliest thing that Trump ever did? Which was that, that march into the church to hold up the Bible? Yeah. You know, and to, to show that, like, none of that even remotely approached what happened on January 6th. And yet we're told to memory hold that and pretend that these imaginary fears, that's what they should call... You know, some I was thinking about it today or earlier. Like they, whoever writes the history of this absolute propaganda effort should call it the sum of all imaginary fears. And um, riffing on the Tom Clancy novel. I like it. But we're told that all the imaginary things were the worst things and all the real actual terrible things aren't bad. Well the real actual terrible things were the FBI attempted to entrap the president. The Outgoing president working hand in hand with the Democratic Party attempted to smear the president. The establishment, both Republican and uh, Democrat, attempted to work from within against the president. The president that the people elected, the, the people elected yeah. and that's that's the biggest crime. Whether you like it or not, and the Russia collusion, Russia hoax, and Russia hacking was all proved to be false but the but but the most recent two elections were the fairest of all times when you know joe biden can't even complete a sentence and can't withhold himself from like attempting to molest children you know and all the and actually molesting children it seems and and raping women too he's a rapist you know you know that right yep so um you have all of these forces saying there's no deep state there's no collusion and, and the MAGA people are the worst ever. But then we look at BLM and Antifa murdering their way across the country. Torturing their way across the country. And we see the police doing nothing. But then we see, if we do one thing, if we do anything, it is a Salem witch trial, hyperventilating girls of histronic fit epidemic proportions, overreaction, about the smallest of little things, which most likely I've seen the videos where the Capitol police open the doors. Mm-hmm. I've seen, I, I, I doubt I, I've, I've read an actual, um, special forces analyst, uh, who was at one six and saw organized elements attempting to foment insurrection and did not think that they were organic to the movement. I've read that paper um something's fishy, but we're told that nothing's fishy, and then they manufacture fishy stuff. And but meanwhile they won't talk about anything that that is actually real about Comey, about Hillary, about Obama, about Biden, about Pence, about Mattis, about Millie. I mean you could go on and on. Rex Tillerson, you know, uh, Jeff Sessions, Elmer Fudd. You know, out there constantly like literally taking our vote. We voted. We elected Donald Trump. Yeah. He actually was your president. And told, No no no, no poors, you can't have your way. And then for four years and even now, they're using that to break the constitution, to disabuse us of our rights, to criminalize us, because one rando crazy dude And I'll give it to you. Trump's a little crazy. You'd have to be. Um, He's a big personality. He's a classic American personality. Um, There are good points and there are bad points about Trump, just like there are about everybody. So I'm not even going to say, oh, I like Trump, but there's this. No, I like it all. He's just like you. There's things I like about you and things I don't like about you. Not you. You're perfect. (laughs) But what we learned from Trump is the thing that really happened was... America deviated from the script. America deviated from the plan. The plan was Hillary. And then it was right into COVID. And then it was build back better. And then Trump ruined that. But I think we're on track now. The border's wide open. Our rights are all but suspended, man. If they could just get those guns. If they could just get those guns, you would be... Like Australia. And you should listen to the things those little fascists are saying. You should listen to the things those little fascist police people. I listened to one yesterday, and he was just talking about, you know, your freedom pass, and you can't have it unless you do this, and you're a danger to society, and all of these kind of things. And like Gina Carano posted today. Can you imagine going back to 1981 and telling people positive with HIV that they can't ride on planes and they can't have jobs and they can't go to restaurants because they have HIV.
1: Yeah, it's a good comparison. Yeah. And people were like, "Oh, that would be so terrible." Yeah, it would well, be. But yeah, but those
0: same people are saying, "You people need to die." You showed me a video today of this bull dyke lesbian nurse saying she's out of compassion. Yeah. And she hopes you die. Nurse out of compassion, I hope you die, because you won't participate in her science experiment. Meanwhile, other nurses are exposing it as a con. Other nurses are saying remdesivir is killing people. Other nurses are saying, I'm quitting my job. I'm not doing this. I've cared for too many COVID patients, and I know it's all bullshit. And then you have them up there saying, if you don't do this, we're passing the you can't go to a concert. We're passing the um, that's your freedom. Like. Your freedom is now selfish, and it needs to be taken away. And if you don't think that there aren't camps, there are camps. They've been built.
1: And I've, I've been wanting to say about that, the interesting thing about that is they've been built for a while. Because you told me yeah. a while We've back, seen them out there in the like desert. It was like before COVID, though. I feel like it was...
0: I showed them to you on the way down yeah. to Tucson.
1: And and like, yeah, you told me about it, and I'm pretty sure it was before COVID. And you're like, this is really weird that there are these camps being built And you kind of like showed them to me and pictures of them online. And I was like, what? And it was like, I believed it. But yet I was like, oh, like, that's so weird. And can that be true? But yeah. Yeah. And now we see it already taking place in like Australian stuff that they're actually utilizing camps like that. And you're like, wow. Yep. Well, it's it's kind of scary that they are already built here um, because it's only a matter of time before they are going to want to open those up and make use of those. And I think we know who they want to put in there.
0: You know, I was telling you about the scenario about how I think it's going to go yesterday because, you know, we've just been running through it. And I think we're approaching a moment where there's going to be violence. I think think the next move after the imaginary thing today, the dance recital (laughs) for the alphabet people, is there's going to be some sort of political assassination or a major black flag event. And then everything's going to devolve into chaos as the supply chain disrupts. And you're actually, I think what you're going to actually see is you're going to see the government throw up its hands and say, um, oh my gosh, this grease fire that got started is out of control. We didn't start it. Trump started it. Uh, uh, Forces started it. The world started it. And we can't control it. And the government and the elites are going to pull back and they're going to let us, you know, they're going to let the power grid collapse um, they're going to let the supply chain collapse. We're going to have about two weeks. And I use two weeks as like, not necessarily two weeks. Could be more, but let's just call it two weeks. Um, where people are going to live in the darkness at night. Uh, the people who don't have food. Uh, beyond next week, which you'd be surprised at that percentage. I would put it about 80 to 90%. Um, these are also, I would say, 95% the of the people don't have weapons. Yeah. So what you're going to see is over that quote-unquote two weeks, you're going to see society collapse. Most psychologists and things like that will tell you that people will devolve into cannibalism on day three without food. Wow. I would say that you would see that by the end of the week, middle of the the next week. Um, but what you're going to see is society really collapse. You're going to see that people go crazy within just a few hours without power. Imagine... Day two of without power, uh, you might see some water shortages, things like that. You're going to see people start to get hurt as they climb up on roofs, or they accidentally shoot themselves with handguns, or they cut themselves and bleed out. Um, and then you're going to see people begin to loot. The looting will because there are predators. And oh yeah, there's all those the, those 50,000 military age men who just came across the border who are like zombies low you know emotional development brain development survival skills everything like that you want to interject
1: well and as it was pointed out that has nothing to do with that they're from haiti and they're black it has to do with how they've been conditioned half starved as you said like that would happen to anyone it would happen
0: to you it would happen to your children i'm not talking about anything about genetics i'm saying they have bred a race of zombies yeah and these people are now live and loose in america And being told that they're going to be taken care of and free. Just like in, uh, you know, they were promised in uh, Africa, certain things in Europe. And they went to Europe and they ran amok. And now they're going to run amok here. But if you create a crisis situation, what we know about this current administration and this government and this establishment regime. Is that crisis is the only way that they can hold on to power. So if you think utopia... Is nigh or things are about to get better. It's not what's about to happen is a bigger crisis, and I think this is the big one that's coming. This is the one in which the government pulls back and lets us annihilate each other, L- you know, basically thins out large sections of the population from accident, large sections of the population because they are fat, because they are sick, because they are diabetic, because they are old. All things that the government considers a drain on their precious resources. Two weeks of that, the warlords arise. There's looting, pillaging, raping, home invasions. People are starving. People are dirty. They can't charge their iPhones. They're hungry. And then what you'll see is down near the city center, out at the college, out at the stadium, or whatever it is, you will see, uh, you know, you will begin to hear broadcast messages. This is after, like, late at night hearing gunshots all throughout the night as people shoot each other and try to take something because they don't have anything, as people kill themselves, you'll be woken in the middle of the night, no power to turn on, your alarm system doesn't work, anything like that, you'll hear people shooting each other. You'll hear sirens for a while, maybe three or four days. Maybe the police are still trying to help, but after a week, you won't hear those sirens. And after a week and a half, you won't hear those gunshots anymore. The world will be incredibly silent. And that will actually be worse than the silence And the gun shops and people crying out in the middle of the night, help me, help me. And if you go outside your door to help those people, you are asking to get clubbed and mugged because that could be a trap. So after two weeks of that, they'll start flying helicopters overhead. They'll start broadcasting messages on whatever radios are still working. You will know that if you will come down to the, you know, they'll call it something like the Hospitality Rescue Center, you know, or the the health campus, that you will be given showers, you will be given food, you will be given medical, you will be given new clothes, you'll be given a a, a digital identity passport so they can track you and take care of you, and you will actually be in a concentration camp.
1: Yeah, because someone made the good point. That's not hyperbolic to call that a concentration camp. It's simply... It, it, it's a place to concentrate groups of people yeah. <laughs> together. That is what a concentration camp is. Death camps are slightly more um, extreme, but like it's not crazy to call that a concentration camp. That actually is legitimately a concentration yeah. camp.
0: For those of you who did not prepare, for those of you who do not have guns to de- to, to defend yourself, for those of you who don't understand how crafty and predatory humanity can be, For those of you who didn't do security, or save food, or whatever, who've had the worst two weeks of your life, you will be running to get to that concentration camp of people. That will feel like safety. There will be lights. There will be food. You will smell it from afar off, because after two weeks without food, you can smell, you know, an onion being cut six blocks away. You will run to get to that concentration camp. And once you are inside it, You will feel lucky, you will feel like you won, but the truth of the matter is, you've absolutely lost. And that's the podcast.